Almighty God, we want to bless your holy name. You, the Holy One of Israel, the unchangeable changer, the Lord of hosts himself, we worship you. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. King of kings and Lord of lords, we are asking for mercy. Mercy for our families, mercy for our nation, mercy for the whole world. Father, please have mercy in Jesus' name. Send your word to the whole world today. Heal the sick. Set the captives free. And just put an end to this plague. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank God for another opportunity to reach to you in your various homes. I believe that by now, even if you didn't believe me last Sunday, you will begin to believe me now that the whole world is going to have a holiday. You could see how rapidly we have moved towards everybody stay at home, at least for a while. Because God wants to prove he's the one still in charge. As for those who are mocking, who said this has nothing to do with God proving himself, keep praying for them. Just keep on praying for them. Because I remember saying to the Almighty God, there will be people who will not believe that uh, this has anything to do with you. If I tell them, as usual, they will mock. And the Lord said, what does that matter? You just go ahead and tell them. And then he asked me to read Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 5. And I'll read that to you now before we go to the next word. 
Ezekiel 2 verse 5 says, And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for their rebellious house, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. So I have told you, the whole world is going to be on compulsory holiday because God wants to prove that he is still in charge. And since that is already coming to pass, as you can see, then you should believe also that you should relax. I'm talking to those of you who are my children. No evil is going to come near you at all. And when I spoke to my daddy about my pain concerning all the people who are dying and who may yet die, he assured me that only those whose time to die has come will die. Only those whose appointed time has come will die. So, your own appointed time hasn't come. Relax. Enjoy your holidays. I'm already enjoying my own holidays, for example, because, uh, but for these compulsory holidays, <laughs> in the month of April, I'm supposed to be in four nations of the world conducting, apart from ministers' conferences, etc., etc., four Holy Ghost services. And now I'm going to be at home for a whole month. Can you imagine that? The whole of April. I'm not going anywhere. I just wake up in the morning, have a nice meal, and then rest. Isn't that wonderful? But don't worry. The, I believe the problem will soon be over. Amen. Because as soon as God has proved himself, as soon as all the nations of the world big and small, have observed these compulsory holidays, the problem will be over. Uh, in the meantime, I want to talk to you from Mark chapter 4, from verse 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto them, as Jesus said unto his disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carry thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea Obey him. Again, this is one of the sermons I first preached several years ago, particularly in the days of when there was fear 
in the land. And uh, I preached this sermon of peace be still. Since then, of course, I've preached several sermons on the same topic from the same text. But of course, each time from a different perspective. But in all the various perspectives, there is one point that I've mentioned again and again, and that is simply this. If God is in your boat, there's no way the boat can sink. If God is in the boat of your life, that boat can never, never sink. So those of you who are children of God and you have Christ dwelling in you, relax. Because there is no way darkness can overcome light. John chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5. John 1, 4 to 5 tells us that in Jesus Christ is life, and that life is the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot overcome it. There's no way death can overcome the one who says, I live forever. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18. Revelation 1 verse 18, Jesus Christ said, I am alive forever. If only you allow the one who says, I am the resurrection and the life to come and dwell in your life, dwell in your home, then you have nothing to fear. You don't have to worry yourself about death. Because in John chapter 11 from verse 25 to 26, John eleven twenty five to 26, Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, even though you are dead, you will live. And if you are alive, you will never die. He made all things. And so he set the limits for everything. For example, in Job chapter 38, verses 8 and 9, Job 38, verses 8 and 9, the Bible tells us that he shut up the sea with doors. And he tells the sea, thus far you can come no further. That's why you find the waves of the sea coming and going back, coming and going back. When it gets to a certain limit that God has already said, it must recede. And so in the text we read, it said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They have to obey him because he made them and he has put limits. So if whatever storm may come, if Jesus is in your boat, the boat will not sink. Years ago, my first visit to Abonema in River State, at that time, the only way you can go to Abonema from Port Harcourt is by sea. And, uh, and we wanted to go there and hold a crusade, and I gathered the workers together at Ebutemeta. I said, well, how many of you will go with me? Uh, because uh, shortly before that time, we heard that there was a boat that capsized and several people died. I said, it's not compulsory. Those of you who don't want to go, just make sure that the day we are leaving, you come late. So we would have gone before you arrive. <laughs> and then one brother lifted up his hand. He said, you are going? I said, yes, sir. He said, can I be in your boat? I said, you are welcome. He said, then I will go. I said, why are you so sure? I said, because I know the boat in which you are is not going to sink. I'm an ordinary man. How much more? The one who made the wind, who made the sea. If Jesus is in your boat, your boat can never, never sink. If he is in your marriage, 
It doesn't matter the storm that may come against the marriage. The marriage will stand. Why? Because he's the author of marriage. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Genesis 2 verse 18. He's the one who said it's not good that man should be alone. And that's good news for those of you who are still trusting God for the uh, for partners. Just remind him, you said it is not good that man should be alone. Man there applies also to woman. He hates loneliness. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he hates barrenness. So if the storm you're having in your marriage is barrenness, just remind him, I know you hate unfruitfulness. John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 2. You said that every branch in you that doesn't bear fruit, you are going to tear away um, a branch of you divine. Remind him that he said in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, Genesis 1 verse 28, he said, be fruitful. I multiply, tell him I want to be fruitful. And if there is a storm in your marriage, all you need to be sure of is that he is already in before the storm comes and he will take care of the situation. In John chapter 2, from verse 1 to 11, John 2, verse 1 to 11, that tells us about the wedding in Canaan of Galilee. He was there because he was invited. And when the crisis came, he took care of it. You will probably remember the testimony of one of my daughters who said, I need help. What's the problem? He said, a strange woman has taken away my husband. I've done everything I could do, but my husband finally packed out left me with four children, and went to go and live with a woman who has five children. I said, that's no problem. We will call on the one who is the author of marriage, and your husband will come home begging. Ah, she said, I'm not asking him to come and beg. I will beg him. Just let him come back. I said, well, let's wait and see. So we prayed a simple prayer. I said that the Almighty God will cause a problem, between her husband and the strange woman, a quarrel nobody will be able to settle. And that's my prayer for all of you who are having problems with your marriage. If anyone is trying to destroy your marriage, my God will take care of the situation. Amen. It wasn't long after that that uh, the two of them quarreled, as the husband and uh, the strange woman. And the strange woman said to the man, aren't you, are you sure your head is correct? Because if your head is correct, how can you leave four children at home and come and live with a woman with five children and none of the five is your children? None of them. So he said, no problem. What you are saying is correct. My head must not be correct if I do what I've done. So he packed his bag and he came, knocked at the door of my daughter, and the daughter opened the door, saw him, and he proceeded and said, please take me back. Ah, you don't need to beg, just come in. Every storm in your marriage will be stilled today in Jesus' name. Amen. What if there are problems with your business? Suppose there is a storm in your business. If God is in your business, your business cannot go down. Why? Because in third John verse 2, third John verse 2 is the one who said, I wish above all things that you prosper. That's the first thing he mentioned. I wish above all things 
that will prosper. Psalm 35 verse 27, Psalm 35 verse 27 tells us that he has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Job chapter 36 verse 11, Job 36 verse 11, he said, If only you obey and serve him, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. I'm not the one who wrote that. It is the word of God that is forever settled. You obey him, you serve him. He said, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. So if there is a storm in your business, remind him. Remind him that in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 7. Luke 5 from verse 1 to 7. And when there was a storm, in the business of Peter, when he fished all night and he caught nothing. Hey, Lord, you came in and you turned the tide. Come into my business and turn the tide. You will remember the story of a man who had a quarrel with his wife. And the wife, who happened to be his, his very special kind of wife, told him that by the time I finish with you, you will trek in Lagos. And the husband laughed. Can I possibly trek in Lagos? Because at that time he had 14 cars. But he didn't know who he was dealing with. Little by little, all the cars were gone. Because contracts that he had already executed and had been paid for developed all kinds of problems and the government said you must repay. When he had only one car left and 50 cobble in his pocket, well, 50 cobble of them, Will probably be about 50 naira now. He asked himself, What do I do? If I spend this 50 kobo to eat, I will have no money to buy petrol. <coughs> Excuse me. Then I will trek, like my wife prophesied. If I spend the money in buying fuel, what will I eat? That was the day he himself found his way. I mean, found his way to Ebutemeta and he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. The day he was sharing his testimony, he was dedicating two new houses at the same time. You call him into your business, and your business will not go down. So if your business is going through a storm, just remember, there's someone called the Prince of Peace. Invite him in, and he will turn the tide. Let's consider your health. Suppose you are having some problems with your health. I'm not talking of uh, virus. No, no virus is coming near you. But assuming that you are sick on your own now, well, remind him that is the one who said, I am the Lord that he let thee. Exodus 15, verse 26. Exodus 15, verse 26. He said, If you just obey me, just hearken diligently to the, to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to do all that he commands you. He said, I will not bring the sickness that have been brought upon the Egyptian upon you. He said, because I will be your private physician. All he has to do is speak a word. Psalm 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and he healed them. And delivered them from all their destructions. And you know, there's something interesting. And, and I think I said this one to so, those of you who are old who heard me say it years ago. In First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. First Peter 2, verse 24, where it says that by his stripes we were healed. I told you then, I said, I read one magazine. I wish I had kept that magazine. Where they said that all the sicknesses and the 
Diseases in the world can be categorized into 39 categories. And Jesus took 40 stripes. One stripe for every category of sickness and disease. And I told you at that time, the extra one stripe was waiting for sicknesses and diseases yet to be discovered. So there is a stripe waiting for coronavirus or any other virus. It, it had been there all these years. Any new sickness or disease that may come, the Lord had made provision for it. So you can claim your healing through his stripe. He made you, according to John chapter 1 verse 3, John chapter 1 verse 3. And so if you need spare parts, he can give you one. John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7, John 9, 1 to 7, tells us the story of a man who was born blind. And he gave him brand new eyes. So even if your sickness has a genetical nature, something you inherit from your parents, hey, call on the one who made you and ask for spare parts. I don't know how many of you were there at Row Park several years ago when we had the Holy Ghost service there. And as I was preaching, the word of God came. I said, hey, there's someone here. You used to have one testicle. But that one had been destroyed. The God says he's giving you two new ones. And there was a young man there who began to shout. What happened? Well, he was born with one testicle. And the parents, instead of leaving him alone with that one, and let that one do the job that he could do, they took him to a herbalist who, in an attempt to help, destroyed the one that the boy had. Funny enough, the boy still went ahead and got married with the obvious result that nothing is going to come out of that marriage. And then just as the word of God came, all of a sudden, he knew something had happened. When he came to my office months later to share his testimony, he said, for you to know that God has done the thing, if you want, I will... I will Remove my pants. I said, there's no need. <laughs> because he came with his wife. And the pregnancy was months old. I can see the evidence. And so I'm decreeing today that all of you who need spare parts, God will give it to you in Jesus' name. Yeah. But what about academic? Suppose you have problems with your academics. Well, the Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5, James chapter 1 verse 5, that if anybody lack wisdom, they should ask God. He will give. In Daniel chapter 2, from verse 20 to 21, Daniel 2, 20 to 21, the Bible made it clear that power and wisdom belong to him. And he gives wisdom to the wise. And if you go through the scriptures, you can see that he can solve difficult problems. I mean, there was a time some people were trying to trap him in Matthew chapter 22 from verse 16 to 22. Matthew 22, 16 to 22. And they wanted to trap him into saying that they shouldn't pay taxes. And then he said, uh, well, you bring me the coin. And they brought the coin to him. He said, whose inscriptions are these? They said, Caesar's. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and render unto God 
what belongs to God. The Bible said, those who came to tempt him were amazed. In another occasion, in John chapter 8, from verse 1 to 11, John 8, 1 to 11, they, were, they tried to trap him again. They caught a woman in adultery, brought him, brought her to him, and they said, hey, it is written in the law. If you catch a woman in adultery, you have to stone her to death. What do you say? If he says don't stone her, they say, hey, he's uh, breaking the law. So he began to write in the floor and said to them, those of you, anyone of you who has no sin, let him be the one who will throw the first stone. And one by one, their conscience convicted them and they left. When he lifted up his eye, he said, he said to the woman, where are your accusers? I said, they've gone. And he said, well, I don't condemn you too, but go and sin no more. So if there is a storm in your academics, call on him. He has a way of coming through so that the storm can be stilled. When you get home, read First King chapter 3. I'm rather in your home. Read First King chapter 3 because I know you are at home. Read from verse 1 to 28. Just after Solomon had asked for wisdom, and God had given him wisdom, a test came. Two halots living together. Both of them had baby boys. Uh, one slept on her own. He died and then grabbed the other one's uh, baby while that one was sleeping. And they were the only two in the house. There's no human way of saying who is the one telling the truth. But God came through. And Solomon said, bring me a sword. Let's cut these babies into two. We give half to, of this one to this one, half to the other, and so on. And then the mother of the baby said, ah, <laughs> don't kill my baby. Let her go with the baby. When the baby grows... A baby will know who is the mother. And the issue was resolved. I've told you a funny story before. At least some of you have heard me tell this funny story. Years ago when I was in Suka in the 1960s, University of Nigeria in Suka, by the grace of God, I'm fairly good in mathematics. And in mathematics, it's either you know what you are asked to solve or you don't know it. And there was this particular subject that I was very good in. And then I got to the examination hall. And they gave us eight questions. We had to answer five. That was a pattern there. I don't know the pattern now. I read the first one. I couldn't make head or tail out of it. I read the second, I read the third, by now I was sweating. I read through the entire eight. I could not see one I recognized. What do I do? In the meantime, all my mates were writing furiously. Ah. Well, in those days, if you fail, they will allow you to come and receipt that paper you failed. So since I cannot recognize anything, I felt I better go. But as I was about to stand up, one mighty hand kept me sitting down. 
It's today now I know that it is the almighty God. So I sat down. After about 15 minutes, sitting down, everybody was writing furiously. I would not have not written anything. Uh, now, let me read this thing again. I read the first one. I, I know this. <laughs> it is this, this, this fellow's formula. I, I read the second one. This is so, so, so equation. I read it all. I read all eight. In the time left, I answered all eight. And then being <laughs> a mischievous little boy, I wrote at the top of it, Mark any five. Because I knew I was going to get 100% anyway. Have you a problem in your academics? Bring in Jesus. If he's in your boat, your boat cannot sink. The conclusion of the matter is simply this. If it's not in your boat when the storm comes, who are you going to call upon? Uh, a lot of people may be mocking us now. Oh, I'm not sure they are even so loud they mocking anymore. Those who have been mocking us when we were fasting, when we were praying, I'm not sure they are, they are mocking too loudly anymore. I had one of them, the other say, hey, Pastor Adebwe said that uh, if you are a child of God, uh, nothing is going to happen to you. Uh, maybe he doesn't know that uh, some of the people who had already died are priests. <laughs> who told you that being a priest means that you are holy? Have we not been hearing of bishops who have been molesting children? God knows those who are his. That's what the Bible says. The foundation of God stands sure. God knows those who are his. doesn't matter what title you bear. You could call yourself a general overseer if you do not belong to him. If you don't live according to his will. When the trouble comes, he will separate between those who are serving him truly and those who are pretenders. So if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ before it is too late, you better surrender to him now. Oh, I know that there are some very intelligent people, intellectuals, who will be saying, oh, there's a scientific explanation to this thing. Uh, you know, some biological warfare weapon that uh, some nations were preparing, uh, escaped by accident. <laughs> That's all right. It is written in Proverbs chapter 1, from verse 24 to 27. Proverbs 1, 24 to 27. The Almighty God says, because you won't listen to me, because you won't take my counsel, because you are laughing at my commandments. He said, I too will laugh when your fear comes. And he said, that time is coming when with all your, your education, when you begin to tremble in fear, he said, then I will laugh. I appeal to those of you who are here to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Do so now before it is too late. And even there in your home, 
who can bow your head and cry to the Almighty God and ask him to please save your soul and bring you into his family. It is only in the family of God that is there is security in the time of storm. Shall we pray? My Father and my God, I want to bless your holy name for your word. I want to thank you for technology that can allow me to reach into the homes of your children at a time like this. And I'm asking Lord God Almighty that all those who will surrender their lives to you at this moment, please receive them. Have mercy on them. Let your blood wash away their sins. Receive them into the family of God and give them a brand new beginning. Please, Lord, in every home of your children, let there be peace. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now for you, my children, the Almighty God will bless you. He will keep you safe. And your testimony will be, ah, a thousand fell by my right, ten thousand by my left, and no evil has come near me. So shall it be. Let someone shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe this message has really blessed your life. And if you have just given your life or rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, please send an SMS or a WhatsApp message titled Saved to any of these phone numbers. Plus 234-706-497-9797 or plus 234-810-383-0237 or plus 234-803-722-1550 or plus 234-805-504-1394. Also, you can send an email to altercall at rccg.org. Thank you, and God bless you.